This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. Rocky. Shogun is always a classic, but we've had a couple of others. Uh, a cop by the name of Darby, convicted of murder in Huntsville, Alabama, just this past week. Chauvin got indicted again, twice in the same day on Friday. Chauvin had the worst day of his last two weeks on Friday when he was indicted not once, but twice. He was indicted for the charges on the 14-year-old kid where he held him down in, I think it was 2017. And then he was indicted on federal hate crime charges. Not a happy camper right now. I'm sure he feels like he's the sacrificial lamb. I'm hoping he's just the first in many, many dominoes to follow uh, to fall. But we, you know, we've got some we got some shitty ass stories to talk about tonight. Including, we're going to listen to the family in North Carolina describe the footage that they saw today. Andrew Brown, I think, was the name. I, there's so many I can't keep up with anymore. But they saw the footage from the sheriff's deputies. This is the one where they said it was execution. Shot him in the back of the head in North Carolina as they were executing a drug warrant. We saw the video from the neighbor's house of the cops pulling up on one of the like, little ring cameras. And they, they were in like a fucking tank when they went to that house. Drove like madmen through a residential neighborhood. It might have been something with the judge that they did not allow. Because I know there were several things about Chauvin's past that weren't allowed. But there were also several things about, you know, uh, George Floyd's past that the defense wanted to present that the judge didn't allow. The only thing that they did allow from Floyd's past was the previous arrest. Which I thought helped make the prosecution's case. Also, we've got crazy story out of India as dozens of bodies are washing up on the shores of the Ganges River suspected COVID dead. You guys, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Ted Cruz makes an ass of himself not once, not twice, but at least, at least that I know of personally Three times today. Now, he probably... We're going to watch at least 10 minutes of Ted Cruz's video tonight. I'm assuming three is an undercount. Plus, so much more going on. Shit popping off all over the world. Especially in Israel. We've got some crazy... Oh, there, yeah, you're right. Israel and Palestine, that's the top story tonight. I just saw where Donald Trump was calling himself the peace president. Would just like to remind everybody that he was talked down from attacking countries 
multiple times, including during the lame duck session where he wanted to attack Iran. That was a thing. So, this is on Al Jazeera. Gaza tower block collapses after Israel strike. This is a retaliation. We're going to go down. This is the latest story. We're going to go down through the timeline here on Al Jazeera. Uh, I've got some. I've got some footage of that building falling. The Israeli military has continued its bombardment of the besieged Gaza Strip on Tuesday, targeting several areas after rockets were fired from the enclave. Health authorities in Gaza said at least 32 Palestinians, including 10 children, were killed in Israel airstrikes on the Strip since late on Monday. This is after Hamas launched rockets from the coastal territory towards Israel. Let's go ahead. Uh, I've got video of the rockets here. This is the Israeli Defense Ministry, or whatever they call. Israel. Here, this is the this is the actual video from the Israeli Israeli Defense Forces. So that is the moment the Iron Dome intercepted a barrage of rockets over Tel Aviv. So yeah, defense, quote unquote. Another one from the IDF. Terrorist recent terrorists. That's that's the IDF saying that. That's not me saying that. Zavos recently fired another barrage of rockets from Gaza. The IDF says they intercepted the rockets with the Iron Dome aerial defense system and are now striking Hamas terror targets. Wild footage. This was earlier in the afternoon for us in the U.S. All this shit popping off. Going back to Al Jazeera now. The rocket fire came after Hamas, which rules Gaza, issued an ultimatum demanding Israel stand down its security forces. Uh, from the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound in occupied East Jerusalem after days of violence against Palestinians. Israeli police stormed the compound on Monday for a third consecutive day, firing rubber-coated steel rounds, stun grenades, and tear gas at Palestinian worshippers inside the mosque in the final days of the holy month of Ramadan. Sounds like provocation to me. 
More than 700 Palestinians were hurt in Jerusalem and across the occupied West Bank in recent days. The situation has to be dealt with as a question of colonialism, according to an expert. Phyllis Bennis, an, uh, an analyst at the U.S.-based Institute for Policy Studies, told Al Jazeera that as long as the United States is not prepared to hold Israel to account, statements from the Biden administration would not lead to de-escalation. We keep hearing from President Biden that he wants a foreign policy that's based on human rights. What we are not seeing is any actual commitment to human rights. And certainly in this case, there's no willingness to use political capital. This comes after the U.S. officials uh, convey Biden's unwavering support for Israel's security. In a call with his Israeli counterpart, Jake Sullivan, U.S. President Joe Biden's national security advisor conveyed Biden's unwavering support for Israel's security amid the recent escalation. Sullivan also spoke to the Egyptian government about the situation in Gaza and at Jerusalem, the statement said. They discussed steps to restore calm over the coming days and agreed to stay in close touch. Well, I'm reassured that America is on the case. Israel has declared a state of emergency as of an hour ago. In Lod, the southeast of Tel Aviv, or is southeast of Tel Aviv, amid escalating violence following the killing of a Palestinian citizen of Israel by a Jewish Israeli inside of the city. So this is, this is just in like the last hour on Al Jazeera that we're reading here. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu discussed the situation with top government officials, including his defense and public security ministers, and directed that lawbreakers be dealt with severely. Ironic for Benjamin Netanyahu to say that lawbreakers should be dealt with severely, because I can think of a, a lawbreaker by the name of Benjamin Netanyahu that has gotten away with being dealt with severely. The sparks of violence that have been flickering for this whole month of Ramadan, those sparks have really literally caught flame, and that fire is spreading, he said. These are very dangerous days. I wonder, this is just the cynic in me, if any of this has to do with the fact that Netanyahu was unable to form a government and might need something to unite the country against. It seems like Palestinians are used as almost whipping boys, if you will. Anytime you need to rally a sense of nationalism inside of a fractured coalition. 1,000 Palestinians injured by Israeli forces in East Jerusalem between May 7th and 10th. The situation is escalating towards a full-scale war, according to the UN envoy. They're saying this just two hours ago. 
U.S. has delayed the U.N. Security Council statement on escalating tensions, according to Reuters. I don't, I, Israel has uh, sent border police to the city of Lod. I keep saying that. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. I think I just misspelled Israel. Okay, here here we go. Where's the Load, Israel. Load. I was saying it wrong. So Israel has sent border police to load. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, Netanyahu said border police officers would be redeployed from the occupied West Bank to the city of Lod, about 15 kilometers southeast of Tel Aviv. Hamas chief says group ready is Isra- if Israel seeks escalation. Well, looks like that's what's happening. So here is the Gaza tower block that collapsed after the Israeli strike. It's hard to watch. Israeli energy pipeline hit in Gaza rocket attack. Arab foreign ministers urge ICC probe into Israeli war crimes. Yes, please. One killed in rocket attack on Tel Aviv. Say medics. Israel's airport authority closes down the Ben Gurion airport. I'm also probably saying that completely wrong. So just to give you an example of the way the Israelis behave towards the Palestinians, we have some video of this Israeli Israeli cop here. Literally, journalists and medics. So you can see. So journalists and medics. Here, there's an ambulance there. There are journalists. Here we go. Look at this. Here we go. See, oh, oh, oh. You can see it. They saw the camera and didn't see it. But there you can see. In his hands. Got him. And just the fact that she was, like, talking about that means they've been standing there antagonizing them the entire fucking time. Because it seems a little too coincidental that you'd be talking about it unless they've been standing there antagonizing them the entire fucking time. Little men with big guns. 
What a fucking bastard. Speaking of little men, Russian President Vladimir Putin has ordered new gun control regulations after a school shooting that killed eight people. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Tuesday ordered the Russian Federal Service of National Guard troops to start working on new gun regulations following a school shooting that left at least eight people dead, according to the Kremlin. A gunman on Tuesday morning attacked a school in the city of Kazan and killed seven students and one teacher, leaving 21 others hospitalized, according to the AP. I mean... I'm assuming Russia has some gun control measures already. We're leftists around here, so we're not anti-gun. But we're also not against common sense regulations. I just don't think any kind of common sense regulation is coming from a man like Vladimir Putin. The suspect was 19 years old and the firearm was uh, registered in his name. Those are some rookie numbers. Got bumped those up. God, how cynical we are here in America. In the U.S. specifically. We really are spreading our bullshit all over the, the world, aren't we? Russia gets a taste of the school shootings. Oh, here, while school shootings are relatively rare in Russia, there have been several violent attacks on schools in recent years, mostly carried out by students. The new gun regulations will be focused on the types of firearms that are available for civilian use. Applicants for a firearms license must pass a psychological exam and own a smooth bore shotgun for a trial period before obtaining a rifle. Putin also expressed his condolences to the families of the victims and wished a speedy recovery to those injured. He directed government officials to provide medical psychological assistance to the victims. The Russian Emergencies Ministry sent an airplane with doctors and medical equipment. So, insane story coming to us out of India where dozens of bodies are found floating in the Ganges River. We're going we're to listen to the CBS News report here in just a second. Scores of dead bodies have been found floating down the Ganges River in eastern India as the country battles a ferocious surge in the coronavirus. Authorities said Tuesday they haven't yet determined the cause of death, but I mean... Health officials working through the night Monday retrieved 71 bodies. Images on social media of the bodies floating in the river prompted outrage and speculation that they died from COVID-19. Authorities performed postmortems on Tuesday but said they could not confirm the cause of death due to the decomposition of the bodies. More corpses were found floating in the river on Tuesday washing up in, uh, I'm not even going to attempt it. Police and villagers were at the site about 30 miles from Monday's incident. Here's one of the pictures. One of the residents of the village 
so they didn't have enough wood to cremate their dead on land. Wow. To get the vaccine, listen to this story. Reported daily coronavirus cases have hit another new high in India where people are waiting in very long lines for the treatment. The World Health Organization says... Thank you, Bill Gates. ...responsible for most of the country's new cases. No, really, I'm serious about that one. That's another conspiracy theory. Chris Livesay reports on a desperate effort to help COVID victims in Delhi, one of India's largest cities. Good morning. With India's healthcare on its knees, Sikh temples like this one are being converted into clinics. But what the country really needs is oxygen. And now private American donors are flying it to the rescue. They're infected with COVID, but it's a lack of oxygen that's killing them. Family members so desperate, they line up for hours or more. I do believe they set American records once again today. Free of charge, United Airlines has just flown around 1,000 oxygen concentrators from New York to New Delhi. Now on their way to patients around this country of 1.4 billion people. Ramanan Laxmanarian, a world-renowned epidemiologist, has hung up his lab coat to lead a relief campaign dubbed Oxygen for India. Born out of an effort to rescue his hospitalized friend and colleague, Rahul Takar. So 72 hours ago, these concentrators were sitting in a warehouse in Arkansas, and now they're here in New Delhi. So in layman's terms, this is converting ambient air into oxygen. That's correct. Those little bubbles, that's what's going to save somebody's life. That's what's going to save someone's life. Now he rushes it to a patient desperately. Wow, waiting. cool. This device retails for about $500, but to somebody with COVID who's literally gasping for air, it's priceless. 64-year-old Jagdeep Kaur has been struggling to breathe for three days. But now... How do you feel? Can you feel the oxygen? I am very happy. Oh. I'm glad we're able to do this because this is what gets our mind away from that constant... You know, it's just bad news all the time. Suddenly, the phone call he dreads. Raul, the friend they started this program for, has died. This is the guy who had a whole lifetime to live ahead of me. That's a kick in the balls. Indeed, the grim reality in India right now is people afraid to answer their phones to find out which friend... It's always awkward when they cut back to the reporter. Oxygenforindia.org is just one effort to try and keep people... He, he reacted like he was hearing it for the first time. He's been working on the story all day. ...single breath. That was Chris Livesay reporting from India. We are going to begin tonight. So, here in the U.S., though, we are seeing a dip. Average U.S. daily COVID-19 cases below 40K for the first time since September. The average number of daily COVID-19 infections in the U.S. fell below 40,000 on Monday. This is according to John Hopkins at University. We're still in that race against time. Because now vaccines are just tapering off. Everyone who wanted one has pretty much gotten one. And now it's about convincing that last 10% of the population that's on the fence. On Monday, the reported seven-day average for daily new coronavirus cases was at 38,000, the lowest level since September 15th. The current rate is also down to 46% from a daily average of about 71,000 in mid-April. 
The latest seven-day average of daily deaths as a result of COVID-19 was 635 as of Monday. So stick with me here. We're getting ready to see Rand Paul. (laughs) He's going to square off with Dr. Fauci. But as part of the administration's efforts to try to get as many people vaccinated as possible, Uber and Lyft will be providing free rides to COVID-19 vaccine sites until July 4th. Awesome date for the administration to pick. Very good messaging and communications. Ride-sharing companies Uber Technologies and Lyft Inc. will make all rides to and from vaccination sites free until July 4th under a new partnership with the White House. White House COVID-19 coordinator Jeff Zients detailed the new steps in a Tuesday call with governors as part of the Biden administration's effort to meet a target of 70% of the U.S. adult population getting at least one vaccine dose by July 4th. God, we need we need more than that quicker. Just one dose? Fuck. The administration will provide data on about 80,000 vaccination sites to Lyft and Uber as part of the transportation partnership. All the companies were already providing free or discounted rides in some circumstances. The rides will now be free to anyone in the U.S. who is going to a vaccination site to get the shot. And Luber and or Luber, Lyft and Uber will provide the rides to and from tens and thousands of vaccination sites through their apps. The feature will launch in the next two weeks and run until July the 4th. And now, what you've all been waiting for. We don't know whether the... Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci today had a little back and forth during a Senate hearing. Apparently, the origins of the coronavirus are still up to up for debate in some circles. The pandemic started. This is not their first go round. Evolved naturally, but we should want to know. Three million people have died from this pandemic, and that should cause us to explore all possibilities. Instead, government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S. and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrett I would hope. work together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then use this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic 
that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entirely and completely incorrect <laughs> that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund... Guys, 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 that is a polite way of saying right-wingers are morons. Go ahead, Dr. Fauci. Gain of function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? D- Dr. Barrett does not do gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina, not You don't think inserting in a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain-of-function? That is you would not... Be in the minority because... At least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant... Remember, 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 Dr. Paul is, is an optologist or an opt, opt, uh, ophthalmologist. Ophthalmologist, that's it. Scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it Optometry, is... whatever the fuck. The grant, and you look at the uh, progress reports... It is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still... We have a fucking senator in a Senate hearing just spouting off absolute nonsense. Luggy Varan Ball, Senator Ted Cruz exists. So he wasn't the dumbest senator today. uh, I don't think our democracy can afford to wait until 2027. There's a Senate hearing on the voting rights bill. Bills that have been introduced in states across uh, the country, uh, with now two of them having passed in um, in states of Georgia and the state of Florida, with one on its way in Texas. Um, And I will say, in a number of the provisions in the manager amendment, which. We've gotten some support for certain provisions in it, but not all of them. We did extend deadlines um, just to allow for more time for implementation, especially in rural areas, um, uh, small jurisdictions with under 3,000 people. Uh, We made some significant changes. But to simply uh, say uh, that we're going to wait till 2027, uh, which is a significant time away, for the entire bill. I think that just doesn't make sense uh, to me, uh, given that uh, Jocelyn Benson, the Secretary of State of Michigan, uh, said that she was able to make these changes in a year. Um, The fact that we have uh, 15 states, uh, including Alaska and Georgia, that already have uh, automatic uh, registration, 21 states having same-day voter registration, including Idaho, Wyoming, and Iowa, 43 states early voting with the average length of 19 days, 34 states requiring no excuse voting by mail in 2019, including Florida and Alaska, and 45 did in 2020 during the pandemic. 40 states have online registration, including Alabama, Florida, and Iowa. And our point is this is clearly workable, but there are some states 
uh, that aren't doing these things. And we all know things like, um, which many Republicans talked to me about after the 2020 election, uh, the states waiting so long uh, to start counting the ballots. Uh, created a lot of confusion nationally in a presidential yes. election. That's yes, yes. Things that we fix. Uh, something that people have reached up to me about on the other side of the aisle, and I just think that uh, we don't want to wait till 2027 um, to make these changes. I suggest that the sense of urgency may be for a different reason, Madam Chair. And I'm going to quote a political article just uh, that was just recently published, May 3rd. I quote: Many in the party, referring to the Democrat Party privately worry that frontline Democrats, like Warnock, or House Democrats that are vulnerable to redistricting, could lose their seats in Congress if Congress doesn't pass this legislation. I believe that's the concern here. I think this is an attempt to change the, it, 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 while you have this slimmest majority. But that's not what Republicans are doing in the states, is what you're saying. To hold on to that power. Again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. This is something I would expect from Communist China. Are from Venezuela's Maduro. That's exactly what Maduro did. And 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 just to be just to be clear, like making voting fairer and more open to people and getting more people voting will indeed help Democrats. Having more representation in the voting population will help Democrats. Sorry. Sorry, dude. Sorry. Your concern's not valid. What I see is going on around the country right now is attempts to limit votes. And I... You're goddamn right. It's a power grab. I've seen in the past when a party loses a presidential election in a major way or they suddenly lose... It's a power grab in favor of the people. Uh, They step back and they say, okay, what do we have to do to reach out to voters in a different way? What is it about our positions on issues uh, that caused us to lose the presidential race? Or how do we do a better job of communicating with voters? Or what should our candidates be when we put them up? Um, that's usually what parties do when they look back both on Democratic and Republican side in the past after an election. And instead, what I see here with these uh, voter limitations and the impingement on the freedom to vote in these states, it's instead looking at it the opposite way. And that is saying, okay, a bunch of people voted in 2020 because they figured out uh, and they made it easier for them to vote by mail or they didn't have to get a notary signatures through a hospital window uh, while they had COVID in order to get an absentee ballot, or they allowed for early voting in bigger ways because it was more healthy and safer in the middle of a pandemic. And so what I see now is a rolling back of those changes. Um, and to me, um, the answer should not be, let's make sure these people don't vote again. The answer should be, how do we reach out to people to get them on our side to vote for us? So that's why I have a problem with waiting on this. Madam Chairman. Senator Cruz, I just knew you'd want to respond. Uh, (laughs) Of course. Of course. Wildly inaccurate and partisan assessment of what is occurring. And I would note that this bill was drafted following the 2016 election Hmm. after Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton. And 
senator from Minnesota suggested when a party loses, they reassess their positions. The Democratic Party didn't do that. The Democratic Party insisted for four years that Hillary won and the election was stolen. And it- no, 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 no. They said that Hillary won the popular vote by more than three million votes, and that it's unfair that the Electoral College swings it in favor of an unpopular candidate. That's fuck you, Ted Cruz. Russia that stole it, and for four years we heard that over and over and over. You must not have been in the same electoral college room as me. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Right-wingers just make shit up. They have no regard for facts whatsoever. Okay. The, The Democratic Party did not reassess any policies, but instead... The response to losing that election in 2016 was to introduce this bill to cause millions of illegal immigrants to be registered to vote to vote for Democrats, to cause felons and criminals to be registered to vote to vote for Democrats. And I would note that now in the 2020 election, there were a number of closely competitive Senate races, including in the state of Iowa, including the state of North Carolina, including in the state of Alaska, uh, including in the state of Montana, that Democrats spent hundreds of millions of dollars trying to win, and they lost. And so what does this bill try to do? Change the electorates and let's get a whole bunch of illegal voters to change the composition of the electorate along with a partisan federal election commission that will be counted on. The Chuck Schumer election commission, like clockwork, there will be an October surprise. Who are the vulnerable Republicans? Who are Republicans in close races? Boom. The Chuck Schumer Federal Election Commission will announce investigations and and fines directly. That's what Republicans do constantly. Power grab by the Democrats because you've decided democracy isn't worth it. You want to fix the game so the voters... This motherfucker tried to overthrow democracy. ...issues with what you just said because I'm thinking back to 2016 uh, when, in fact, Hillary Clinton conceded the election when, in fact, we had an electoral college. I know because... Uh, Senator Blunt and I uh, were in charge of it, and uh, Vice President then, Vice President Biden, was presiding over it, and it went through. We didn't object to those results. Then let's fast forward to to January 6th, when in fact you, Senator Cruz, not all of your colleagues here today, you were contesting the Electoral College. Ted? Leading one of the leaders on the effort to say that the election uh, results were not correct. Um, and so you Ted. wonder uh, why we want to make sure that people have the right to vote. Well, it's because of this kind of rhetoric and this kind of behavior and an insurrection at the Capitol and a former president that is still maintaining that he somehow won the election when we all know it's not true. And so that's why, if you ask why... Speaking of which, he made an, a bombshell announcement today on his blog that nobody's reading. What was it? Who knows? I didn't read it. We are still interested... Trump, I'm talking about. ...our democracy from that day of January 6th on. I think that's your answer. Well, Chairman Klobuchar, this bill had nothing to do with the 2020 election because it was drafted four years earlier. This bill has everything to do with Democrats trying to rig the election to stay in power and to disenfranchise voters. That's what this election is about. And by the way, Hillary Clinton insisted after the election she didn't lose. And not only that, Hillary Clinton advised Joe Biden under no circumstances should you concede. So, 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 so the ahistorical rewriting uh, 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 of what occurred is, is not... I, like, what he's saying 
has like that kernel of truth to it. She said she won the popular vote, and she did. I... (laughs) ...accurate, and rigging the system to take away the rights of voters. This is designed to keep Democrats in power for 100 years, and it is fundamentally corrupt, and it is worth noting that when Republicans had a much bigger majority than Democrats have right now, Democrats have a six-seat majority in the House and a 50-50 slimmest possible majority in the Senate. They represent 40 million more people. The system the way Democrats are doing, and, and that is dis, dishonoring the promise we made to our constituents. Rigging the system. Making sure people have easy access to voting is rigging the system against Republicans. I mean, he's right. <laughs> Oh shit, what? Oh no! Hold on here, hold on. So, when Ted Cruz was listening to Klobuchar's response. Out where there was a video of it. I I had a video of Ted Cruz on his phone while Amy Klobuchar was talking. I, Aaron Rupert shared it out. I don't know. Maybe Ted Cruz's office said, "Like I was doing blah 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 blah." My noon. You're lying about me. So he's he's taking it down, but it was hilarious. Like while Klobuchar was dressing him down. But yeah, this is it. He was on his phone. Oh, it was the recount. It wasn't Rupar. Sorry, 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 sorry. Here we go, yes. Senator Cruz, not all of your colleagues, when in fact you, Senator Cruz, not all of your colleagues here today, you were contesting the Electoral College. You were leading one of the leaders on the effort. He paid no attention whatsoever. Results were not correct. Um, And so you wonder uh, why we want to make sure that people have the right to vote, when in fact you, Senator Cruz, Oh yeah, free Palestine. Well, you you hit that follow button down below. So that, as I said, that's that's twice. Cruz made an ass of himself. You ready for the third time? So we have video of Ted Cruz walking out of a hearing. And you, you just said a moment ago that no Democrat favors abolishing the police. If that were the case, why did every single Democrat vote to confirm Vanita Gupta? I appreciate that. A nominee for the number three position at the Department of Justice who said last year in writing 
in written testimony before this. Now, I want, this, this was a hearing on gun control. Ted Cruz is trying to change the subject. Advocated abolishing the police, and she was confirmed by one vote. Every, every single Democrat was the necessary vote to confirm a radical who advocated abolishing the police. And just this week, we're taking up Kristen Clark, another radical who has last year in testimony before the Senate advocated abolishing the police. If you don't support abolishing the police, why do you keep voting for nominees who advocate abolishing the police? I support abolishing the police. No, Senator Cruz, that is a complete distortion of their positions. We're not here to talk about those nominees. If you want to stay, we can do it at the end of the hearing. But right now, we're going to move on. Uh, I turn to my Democratic colleagues, if either of them have any opening statements. Uh, and there, Ted Cruz walks the fuck out. He wanted to get his soundbite for Fox News. Senator Cruz, Mr. Chairman, asserts that ghost guns are not... And then walk the fuck out. Because right-wingers are morons. But let me tell you why I want to abolish the police. It's because of stories like this. A cop allegedly assaulted a woman, ironically, after a party thrown on a Trump property. This motherfucker right here, a Florida police union's night of celebration ended with one female union employee trying to fight off a cop as he sexually assaulted her According to police records, hopefully she doesn't work for the police union anymore because she's learned her lesson. On Friday, police arrested John A. Jenkins, 50, a lieutenant with the Miami-Dade Police Department who served as vice president of the South Florida Police Benevolent Association. Jenkins has been charged with one count of sexual battery and one count of attempted sexual battery in connection with the events of April 25th. Jenkins' bail has been set at $20,000. He has resigned from his position at the union, according to a statement by the South Florida Police Benevolent Association president, Stedman Stahl. That's a fucking cool name. I wish my name was Stedman Stahl. Welcome to the Troll Patrol with Stedman Stahl. Jenkins' lawyer has described what happened on April 25th as consensual. This incident involves two consenting adults who have known each other for many years. His attorney, Heidi Perlow, first of all, knowing somebody for many years does not prevent you from committing a rape. But his attorney told the Miami Herald, anything that may have occurred was consensual. A married man who was invited by a married woman to her hotel room after a day of partying and drinking at a PBA event Maybe poor judgment, but it's certainly not rape. No, 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 no. It can certainly be rape. And just because, just because a woman goes to your hotel room after a night of partying, that does not mean she owes you sex either. But a probable cause of police affidavit obtained by Vice News paints a very different picture. 
one of a harrowing sexual assault corroborated by phone logs, surveillance footage, and accounts from witnesses. A DNA test has also linked Jenkins to the alleged assault. After a South Florida Police Benevolent Association gala at the Trump National Jupiter Golf Club, the female employee and the alleged victim, who is unnamed in the affidavit, returned to the hotel bar at the PGA National Resort, along with several other people. Eventually, she decided to head back to her room. That's when Jenkins volunteered to walk her back. Surveillance footage from the hotel captured the pair walking towards the woman's room. Then Jenkins seemed to push his way into the room out of camera view. Once inside the room, Jenkins pushed the woman up against a wall, according to the police affidavit. Between forcing kisses on her, Jenkins told the woman that he'd had a crush on her for some time. He allegedly attempted to force her head downwards towards his exposed penis. Instead, he pushed her onto the bed and ripped off her underwear, despite the woman's repeated pleas for him to stop. By the way, content warning fuckers, I'm sorry I did not hit that earlier. Jenkins started to forcibly perform oral sex on her, according to the affidavit. During the alleged assault, the woman managed to, uh... Text her friend and boss, executive director of the Florida Benevolent Police Association. Her texts were a string of desperate cries for help. Help me right no, now, please. Police have reviewed the text messages and have alleged the victim and Puckett, who both corroborated the text statement. At one point, the woman told Jenkins that she had to pee, according to the affidavit. She texted Puckett again from the bathroom, help. So, wow. Now, in North Carolina, the family of a shooting victim by sheriff's deputies there finally got to view... The footage. This is the family of Andrew Brown Jr. He was shot about two or three weeks ago. They have been demanding to see the footage. They were shown only a small snippet, about 20 seconds. They viewed the footage earlier today. And this is the family statement to reporters. Uh, my name is Bakari Sellers. Hey, Bakari. Hello, hello. I am from the Strom Law Firm in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I stand here today with... Uh, Chantel Cherry Lassiter to my left, uh, Chase Lynch to my right, Chance, I give you, Chance Lynch to my right, Harry Daniels uh, to my far right, uh, Benjamin Crump, who's not with us today. Um, we have the honor of representing the family of Andrew Brown Jr. Uh, I know Khalil and Gerard are here with me. And I first want to say that uh, my heart goes out to these two young men who had to witness on video uh, the murder of their father. Uh, Unlike, dare I say, anyone else out here, 
today. They had to go through and endure something over the last two hours that not many of us can ever imagine. And so for that, my prayers and my heart. Two hours of footage. And their family and this community for the loss of Andrew Brown Jr. I actually want to say thank you to everyone who made this viewing possible. I know that your honor stated that we had 10 days to view it, uh, but they worked diligently to allow us to see these videos, 20 minutes of what I believe to be two minutes, but we feel it, two hours, excuse me, but we feel as if it tells the entire story of what happened that day with Andrew Brown Jr. A question was asked of me, I believe, by Brian Todd as I was walking in and he asked me, what do we expect to see? I said, we anticipate seeing an unjustified killing. What we saw on that video was an unjustified killing. What we saw on that video is something that we believe also denotes further investigation and does have some criminal liability. The way we're going to do this today is I want to bring both uh, Mr. Lynch and Ms. Lassiter up to talk about what he was able to see on the video. Well, so they are going to be describing the details uh, then we'll have words from of the police shooting in North Carolina. Uh, and then I'll come back up and we'll take as many questions as we possibly can to get these young men back home and on their way. So with that, I want to pass it to a great lawyer who we brought on for this purpose, who's done an amazing job. And I want everyone who's under the sound of my voice to know how good both of these lawyers are uh, and how we stand with them in their truth. Uh, particularly Miss Lassiter having to undergo some of the words that have been coming her way. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. My name is Chance Lynch. I am the managing partner at Lynch Law. I am a former assistant district attorney, criminal defense attorney, civil attorney, civil rights attorney. Um, let me say first the honor and privilege it is to serve with these colleagues and with this legal team to assist them. Uh, and I'm grateful for the privilege to be able to serve alongside them as we serve this family. Uh, today, I was able to sit with two of Mr. Brown's sons as we watched. My apologies. This was only an eight-minute clip. I didn't figure they would spend the entire time. And I'm grateful for the kindness and introducing themselves the hospitality and talking about how grateful they are during our tenure here while viewing these videos. The first video that we were able to see did not have any audio. It was the dash cam. The last five were all body cams where we were able to hear the words spoken and we were able to see some critical footage that I think uh, yields um, truth, transparency to what we all thought we would see from the beginning. In fact, what I saw today absolutely corroborates what attorney Lassiter shared with us when she was only able to see 20 seconds. Now, I'm not sure what footage uh, the district attorney has seen. Uh, I can only go based off of what... I, why hasn't the public seen the footage? Well, we, we have a saying where I'm from. And that saying is, I was born at night, but not last night. And so we were able to see Mr. Brown sitting in his vehicle as he was ambushed and as the sheriff's office made their way to his residence, appearing to be surprised. Now, notice the way he said ambush. We did watch the footage. 
from like a neighbor's ring camera as they pulled up. Like it was indeed an ambush. Seeing them go through the neighborhood. He was possibly on the phone. At all times, his hands were visible. At all times, you could see that he was not a threat. There was a shot fired. When the shot was fired, he put the car in reverse, putting several feet, if not yards, away from... Oh, shit. He turned his wheel to the left to turn it away from the law enforcement officers. At no point did we ever see any police officers behind his vehicle. At no point did we ever see Mr. Brown make contact with law enforcement. We we were able to see where they possibly reached out to make contact to him, but we did not see any actions on Mr. Brown's part where he made contact with them. Now remember, they said that he tried to run them over. That was their reasoning for shooting him. Clearly, they lied if his hands were up in the video. Or tried to go in their direction. In fact, he did just the opposite. While there was a group of law enforcement that were in front of him, he went the opposite direction. As he turned to the left to go across his yard, uh, a second shot was fired. And as he began to accelerate and increase his speed, tracks of mud began to appear in the yard and when his car was clearly across the yard at all times what we saw were police officers standing on the pavement unloading their weapons they there were so an all too common scene in america found difficulty in counting the number of shots that his vehicle received at some point there was a final shot where it appeared that at that final shot, Mr. Brown lost control. There was a curve in the yard at that point, as you may know. I'm sure they all emptied their clip. You can tell how many shots were in the car just by multiplying when they, the number of cops and the number of clips they had. Approximately six, if not more, bullet holes. Uh, in the side of his car, in the passenger side of his car. Windows were shattered. We were able to see one shot in the front windshield, and we were able to see a number of shots, approximately six at least, in the back windshield. At no point, let me be very clear, at no point did we see Mr. Brown pose a threat to the law enforcement officers that were there. My friends, but they fear for their lives. was absolutely and unequivocally unjustified. When they opened the door, there were no weapons found. They pulled his body out of the car. Probably cuffed him. Face first, flat on the ground. As you can see, the bullet wound that went into the back of his head. And then they began to cuff him. Search his home. Oh, shit. So, I can't speak on Maybe they didn't cuff him. I, I don't I'm know surprised. What they saw, but I can tell you that what 
Attorney Lasseter said was exactly what we saw today. True. So I said this, and as I close my comments, I said this at the NAACP rally on, on last weekend. I said something to the effect of, it's a new day in Elizabeth City. That's right. And so with this being said, and with us being able to see that this has come to the light, I'm confident that our legal team is is more committed now to pursue justice to make sure that the memory and the legacy of Andrew Brown lives because what we saw today was unconstitutional. So here, here is the cops said they pulled up on him to execute a drug warrant and that he ran and tried to run them over. What really happened was they pulled up. We saw the we saw the footage of them pulling up like a fucking army, driving like madmen through a residential neighborhood. They pulled up. Dude has his hands up. One of the dumb fuck cops lets off a shot. Dude gets scared, tries to get the fuck away, and they all just unload into his car as he's as he's. Trying to drive away from them. That is why several of them have resigned already. Like they knew it. They knew. I've, I have not seen a police department act the way they acted in this specific case. So I knew it was going to be horrendous. Execution. Plain and simple. And any U.S. citizen who loves this country should be pissed off about it. That is literally the state executing somebody in their driveway over an accusation. That should never happen in the United States. And it's almost a, it's almost a daily fucking occurrence. And yet right-wingers tell me they believe in freedom and liberty. Yet they love to suck cop cock. In Oklahoma, there was a shooting over the weekend. We're going to hear from the mom of the victim. He had goodness in his heart. He tried to do good things. But he felt like he wasn't understood. A mother mourns her son after an Oklahoma City officer shot and killed him. It happened Saturday. The shooting is under investigation. Barry Mangold is in studio with tonight's top story. Barry? Yeah, Kelly Poppy. Daniel Hobbs's mother told me he is a diagnosed schizophrenic. And according to police, 34-year-old Daniel Hobbs... Another! Another person with mental health issues executed by the cops. Right here in my city, cop was convicted of murder for shooting a man who was suicidal in the face with a shotgun. Hobbs started fighting the officer after a pat-down. I don't understand why he was shot. Family and friends of Daniel Hobbs flipping through old photos tonight. Jeannie McLean said her son suffered from a mental illness and had not taken his medication in months. I was trying to save my Boomer Sooner. I was trying to protect my son. I was having struggle myself. And I felt like he was being manipulated. And I didn't feel like he was being treated right either. And he was trying to be accepted. And he was trying to be loved. 
An officer fatally shot Hobbs Saturday night outside of a relative's house. Police say the caller claimed Hobbs was violating a court-sanctioned protective order. The first officer on scene... By the way, that's not true. ...arrived alone. When he went down to... There was the no room, protective uh, order. A cursory pat frisk, uh, a... Struggle ensued when, uh, during the course of the struggle, both uh, the officer and uh, the, the person involved uh, went to the ground. During the struggle, Officer Lopez fired, fatally wounding Hobbs. I think when the officer patted him down, I think he felt... Probably got scared. Oklahoma City Police today confirmed no protective order against Hobbs exists. Now, while the investigation unfolds, Hobbs's mom mourns the loss of her son. And trust that God's got him in his arms. And he's and okay. And police have... So, completely innocent man with mental issues. Cops just shot him dead. In Birmingham, Alabama, protesters are calling for Mayor Woodfin, a Democrat, to resign. It's following the shooting of a man by the name of Desmond Ray. Birmingham Mayor Randall Woodfin on Tuesday said he will not resign after the Easter Sunday fatal shooting of Desmond Montez Ray by police. Black Lives Matter's Birmingham chapter on Monday called for the resignations of Woodfin and Police Chief Patrick Smith, saying their handling of the police killing of Ray is unacceptable. The 28-year-old Ray was fatally shot in the North, uh, in the North Birmingham Alley just before 11 p.m. that Sunday night, April 4th, after the city's 911 dispatchers received a call about a domestic dispute taking place inside a vehicle. Woodfin addressed the media on a range of topics Tuesday, including the Ray case. The sentiment that I have every day when I wake up, and I know the chief of police shares the same sentiment, when our police officers interact with citizens and our citizens interact with Birmingham police officer, we want everyone to go home safe. The citizen and the police in this situation on that night, unfortunately, that did not happen. The mayor again sent his condolences to the Ray family. But I also want to state that there are real issues in America right now. These issues have persisted for quite some time where unarmed black men have been shot by white officers. I want to make myself very clear, this is not one of those instances and this is not the case. That was Woodfin's statement. That's the mayor of Birmingham. The reason he's saying that is because it was a black officer that shot a black man, and this is a black mayor. Woodfin continued, I look forward to the Alabama Bureau of Investigation completing their investigation and turning over the findings to the district attorney's office, as well as the city of Birmingham, being provided the opportunity to see what is in that report as well as his family getting the details of what happened that night. Once again, here's another case. This happened Easter Sunday about a month ago, over a month ago. Still do not know what happened. The family getting the cold shoulder. 
What does that tell me? The cops are coming up with their own narrative. Ray was killed after officers responding to the call spotted the vehicle in the 200 block of 9th Avenue and tried to stop it, but the driver, later identified as Ray, refused to stop. Police pursued the vehicle until it chased, until it crashed into a chain link fence. Police Chief Patrick Smith said Ray then exited the vehicle, confronted the officers, and fired one round in the officer's direction. Officers returned fire at least eight shots, so that means there were 24. And Ray was struck, according to police. Police officials one week ago today released three videos from that night. So here, let's check out the video. Content warning, fuckers. Yeah, we. This is from the ring doorbell. Hopefully, we see some body cam footage. Okay, yeah, here we go. He's already down. Back up. Back up. We're going to be in the 200 block of 9th Avenue West. We got one down. Black man, white t-shirt, blue jeans. White t-shirt, blue jeans, blue hat. He armed. He's still moving. I do not move. Stop moving. Oh, God. They're going to fire on him again. Stay right there. He's gasping for air. So now I'm I'm not sure that he actually fired. Oh, hey, shut. So there there was something that was a noise. I don't know. That is hard to tell. Because uh, you can't, you can't see him in the v, in the in the video. <sighs> I don't know, but the handling seems fishy. They just released the video last week. Took them a month. All right, so. Two Texas deputies killed in shootout with suspect while responding to a dog complaint. First of all, shouldn't be responding to a dog complaint. People, quit calling the fucking cops. Two sheriff's deputies in Texas were killed in a shootout in Eden on Monday night over a dog complaint. Concho County deputies arrived at a home 
in Eden to respond to a complaint about a dog around 8.20 p.m. on Monday. Deciding an update provided by the Texas Rangers on Tuesday, the alleged gunman, 28-year-old Jeffrey Nichols, led deputies on a short foot pursuit and barricaded himself in a building. A standoff resulted in gunfire being exchanged. During the investigation into the complaint, Nicholas was contacted and an an altercation broke out. Two deputies were killed and another unidentified person was wounded. Authorities did not immediately... The authorities did not immediately identify the victims. The deputies' bodies are to be escorted to Lubbock on Tuesday, where autopsies will be performed. We covered the Palestinian genocide earlier in the show. Pooh God. Good evening, Pooh God. You come to the right channel for Pooh. Why, why do people with screen names about shit keep showing up in my stream? I I had a feud with a troll I called Poop Boy because he kept sending me pictures of poop. Last week I mentioned something about poop. And a guy with the screen name taking a large dump just popped up. Like, did somebody mention poop? Why, yes. Yes, we did. On this show where I cover the news and also talk about poop. Nicholas was booked into Tom Green... (laughs) Tom Green County Jail... Which is the coolest name for a jail ever. On two counts of capital murder. He's being held on a $4 million bond. They let they let the fucking Duggar dude that molested children out though, you know. A trooper from the Texas Department of Public Safety was traveling from San Angelo Tuesday morning to the scene of the shooting. Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued a statement Tuesday after it was reported that two Concho County Sheriff's deputies were killed. Our hearts are broken. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Concho County Sheriff's Office declined over the phone to provide more details to Fox News on Tuesday, referring media inquiries to the state rangers. So hopefully this will be properly investigated. Oh, oh, this this is fantastic. You guys are going to love this story. Dunkin' Donuts employee. They've arrested him for manslaughter. But I think we should all donate to his bail fund. Of course, this happened in Tampa, Florida. Police say a Dunkin' store employee fatally punched a 77-year-old customer in Florida after the employee said the man used a racial slur against him. The unidentified victim was punched last week and died on Friday. That led to a manslaughter charge against 27-year-old Corey Pojols. 
According to the Tampa police, the victim went through the drive-thru on May 5th around 1.30 p.m. and became upset due to a lack of service because nobody wants to work. Employees asked him to leave, which is totally within their right. That's when police say he entered the business and began arguing. Pujols, I hope I said your name right, probably didn't, told police that the man was extremely rude the day of the punch and called Pujols a racial slur multiple times. A Tampa Police Department report says after he was punched, the victim fell backwards and hit his head on the concrete floor, so he died from hitting the floor. He got punched for probably saying the N-word. He was an entitled asshole that went in to a fast food restaurant where employees are overworked and underpaid and are being demonized constantly in our media, in our oligarch media. He probably dropped a couple of M-bombs. Maybe, maybe it was something a little more... A different pejorative? I don't know. I'm guessing in bombs. And he got popped. And the dude hit the back of his head. And he died. He was 77 fucking years old. Shouldn't have been running his mouth. I actually covered a case like that. It was a manslaughter charge because somebody punched somebody. This is... 15 years ago, 16, 17 years ago, something when I was doing news. As if I don't do news now. When I was actually covering news in a courtroom with my little notepad and everything. The guy was not convicted of manslaughter. Back to Texas. This coming, remember, this is from The Blaze, I want to point out. Not a reputable source here that we're, we're going to, but we're hearing from a Texas Attorney General who is also not a reputable source. The Texas AG blasts mob rule police chief after angry driver is only person charged when Black Lives Matter... Militants, it says in the headline, illegally shut down traffic. So this raging white dude right here got incredibly pissed off, got out of his car. I want, yeah, let's let's watch the video of the incident here. Go to YouTube, it won't let me make it big. Get the fuck out of my way! He's screaming in the face of a cop! He is clearly the aggressor from the get-go! No wonder he was the one charged. Oh, 
I clearly! He is the aggressor! Big black man steps up like, oh no, you don't! And clearly the cops saw it! The cops saw everything! So right-wingers are losing their shit over this. The fact that this man was rightfully charged because, you know, they're the law and order party. Clearly the aggressor. It didn't look like there there was that many people in the road. I don't. We're, we're, was it just a group of protesters that were walking, and it was taking a couple of cycles, and therefore traffic is heavy, and it got backed up, and that's what he was upset over. So, the attorney general of Texas released a statement. I instructed one of my top deputies to contact the Plano police chief to get more details. What he heard paints an even worse picture than the video alone depicts. What he heard. First, the chief told my... First, first, cops lie. We know this. First, the chief told my deputy that while the weapon wasn't a pistol, it was, in fact, a pepper ball gun in a separate conversation. That must have been the... This, a pepper ball gun. Remember, I like, this dude's already stepping up. So that guy has swiped at a female in the crowd already when this picture is taken. And this guy is clearly defending her. These are the same people that think Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero. Remember, remember. So he's defending her from the aggressor. With a beverball gun. In a separate conversation, the chief claimed it was a taser. In a recent Facebook post, the department is now saying it was an electronic control device. Whatever it was, the police declined to pursue the leftist who brandished the weapon. I, I'm assuming Texas is a stand-your-ground state, isn't it? And that he was defending somebody. Whatever it was, the police declined to pursue the leftist who brandished the weapon, and no charges are being pressed against him. Second, the chief was anxious to excuse the rioters. You have to understand the situation, urged the chief. We have to negotiate with these people. Do you expect us to mass arrest these protesters? You know that's not going to happen. The Texas AG is saying this. Most law enforcement officers are ready and willing to uphold law and order. We need them to do that, but too many are held aback by politically motivated leaders crippled by the woke agitators, now aiders and abettors, 
to liberal lunacy. Texas AG Ken Paxton I would like to say what I believe is lunacy. I fucking misspelled fraud. What I believe is lunacy is the fact that Texas AG Ken Paxton fuck We find one that'll let me read. <laughs> Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton was indicted five years ago. This man was indicted on fraud charges. People in his office blew the whistle to the DOJ and said he tried to cover it up. Several people have resigned. There's a whole federal investigation into this motherfucker. And he has the audacity. First of all, he's the chief fucking law enforcement officer in the state of Texas. That blows my fucking mind. He's got the audacity to come out and talk about upholding the law. I... He's also a hardcore Trump supporter. And you know the people backed by Trump are only the best people. That tells you what you need to know about Texas. I am sorry. Sparkles has said she wants to go to Texas or Nevada. And I'm like, I'll go either. Let's, let's, let's buy a house. Let's go. The Geo pick for 2021's biggest race. Won't say Biden won fairly in 2020. In case you guys didn't know, there was a primary in the governor's race in Virginia. Glenn Youngkin won the Republican nomination for Virginia governor by pushing the false narrative that 2020 was marred by voter fraud. Youngkin looks like a winner, doesn't he? Republicans just nominated a candidate who has repeated voter fraud claims to be their gubernatorial nominee in Virginia, the most important election of 2021. The former Carlisle Group CEO. Wow, that's a real gem. This is at a time when Republicans are telling me that corporations have too much power. The Carlisle Group, the former Carlisle Group CEO, Glenn Youngkin, won the nomination on Monday night, setting him up to compete in a closely watched bid for governor. It's going to be an incredibly close race. The self-funding private equity financier hails firmly from the business wing of the GOP, but he made sure to echo doubts about the 2020 election and push questions about voter fraud in his bid to win his party's nomination, because of course he did in, uh, in Virginia where there is a very hardcore Trump contingent. You just call me dad? (laughs) Yonkin has repeatedly refused to say that Biden was the legitimate winner of the 2020 election. 
Our president is Joe Biden because he was inaugurated as such, he told NPR last month. Motherfucker. Hey, Binks BB, does the BB in your name mean bareback? Shows you where my mind is. In the gutter. Yonkin wants new voting rules, including photo identification for all voters, a requirement of two witness signatures for any mail ballots, more regular voter roll purges to eliminate people who are no longer eligible Virginia voters, and automatic audits of voting machines within a month of elections, moves that seek to address the threat of widespread voting fraud. Both parties have long raised concerns, and we must restore America, he said. But that's a solution in search of a problem. The reason so many Republicans are convinced that there are widespread election integrity problems is because former President Trump has repeatedly lied to them. Trump was quick to endorse Yunkin. Militarily and economically, China has been trying to undermine America for years. But President Trump brought together real business leaders like Glenn Youngkin and stood up to China. Glenn Youngkin of Carlisle, great crew. Trump demanded a real deal, and with the help of... Did they piece that together? Was that an actual quote? Or did they have to, like... Carlisle, great group, put it together. It sounded edited together. Glenn Youngkin, for the first time in decades, the United States won. Glenn Youngkin of Carlisle. Glenn Youngkin will stand up to China, support the Virginia First Standard, and build a rip-roaring... I feel like that's probably something that he said. In it, like he's naming all people that were on some board for coronavirus or some shit. Glenn Youngkin from Carlisle. They have totally edited those two pieces of audio together. Economy in Virginia. (laughs) I wish these people could feel embarrassment. By the way, I want to bring up something that I learned today that like, I didn't even think about it. Like the Keystone XL pipeline, which Republicans have bitched about for so long, like it was selling shell oil to China from Canada, right? I didn't even think about that. Like I, I saw all these pieces today when I was I was looking up something, and it was like Keystone XL pipeline is win for China. And I'm like, so if Biden canceled something that was a win for China, yet they're saying the Democrats and Biden are working for China, isn't that? But like, as if there's uh, any. Consistency of thought among Republicans. This may just be the cost of doing business in the modern GOP. Roughly three quarters of Trump's voters believing his lie that voting fraud was widespread in the 2020 election. It's hard for any Republican to win a primary while telling the truth that Trump lost fair and square. Yep. And I were I really worry about what the fuck is going to happen when they come out in Arizona and make some stupid-ass claim that they found bamboo on the ballots. All right, this story relates to nothing else we've talked about tonight. I just wanted to talk about it. I've had it in my back pocket. Like, gotta get it on the show. 
Facts don't care about their feelings. New York City teacher caught sucking topless man's nipple during Zoom class. I, I guess I can break this out for this. Content warning, fuckers. A spicy slip of the tongue led to a Spanish teacher being yanked from her classes after investigators found she performed an inappropriate sexual act during a Zoom lesson. As students at the prestigious Columbia Secondary School for Math, Science, and Engineering remotely watched a live class, Amanda K. Fletcher, 37, appeared to suck the nipple of an unidentified topless male while she rocked her head back and forth. According to the special commissioner of investigation for city schools, I don't know why I was doing this the whole time. Before that, students watched Fletcher eating spaghetti with the shirtless man behind her, the SCI says in a report dated October 29th, 2020. After taking her mouth off the man's chest, Fletcher resumed teaching and discussing a worksheet. Wait, what? Okay, so she was eating spaghetti. That, what? The the way the story started, it made me think that she didn't know that she was on camera, that she thought she had hung up from a class or something. She's eating spaghetti. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, thank you, Toads. That was what I thought. Investigators viewed several videos of the incident, which I want to see, which were shared by students on Snapchat and other social media platforms. No, fuck, they've got to exist somewhere. This is the goddamn New York Post. Why is there not a video of this? The stunning scene took place on September 30th, two weeks after the City Department of Education opened the 2020-2021 school year remotely. The alleged behavior started about 12 minutes before the class before the class ended while students were still present on the call. Fletcher gave no explanation for her alleged conduct. She declined to be interviewed by investigators and did not return messages from the post. The behavior is absolutely unacceptable. I don't like what but I, she just sucked a guy's nipple that's not... <laughs> and had some spaghetti with a topless guy. It's not on... It's, it's not that bad, really. <laughs> but that's not even first base, what? Fletcher, a, a Department of Education teacher, since 2007 had taught at the Morningside Heights campus in September 2018. The grade 6 through 12 school is one of the city's highest performing. The DOE reassigned Fletcher last October after receiving the SCI report. 
and will pursue disciplinary action against her. I mean, if cops don't get fired for murdering somebody, she should absolutely, absolutely not be fired for sucking a titty. A male titty! <laughs> oh, fuck. They will pursue disciplinary action against her. Filson said, Fletcher, who made a hundred grand last year, remains on the city payroll. The, the SCI also urged the DOE to beef up teacher training on appropriate and acceptable behavior while interacting remotely with students. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. This is, this is killing me. Teachers should exclude non-classroom participants from appearing. During classes, and should not engage in eating or snacking, smoking, vaping, or any other way using tobacco, and any other activities that might prevent an educator from maintaining total focus on the classroom. <laughs> no topless people on the Zoom call. I don't think I've gotten this tickled over a story before. Wilson said that the DOE imposed digital media guidelines for remote learning. And we're not even we're not even done. This isn't like the last story I'm getting ready to wrap up. I thought it was gonna be serious. Wilson <laughs> said the DOE imposed digital media guidelines for remote learning in March. March 2020, it reminded school-based staff that virtual classrooms should follow the same protocols as in-person classrooms. Seems obvious. <laughs> E.g. outside individuals are not permitted to walk into the classroom, whether virtual or in-person, and staff must continue to maintain a safe and appropriate learning environment. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm sure they were furious. Her name was Fletcher, too. It wasn't like she was foreign and they were, you know, like... Because it was Spanish. So maybe if she was actually from Spain, there's some different, you know... I could see titty sucking be, a, like, a total thing in Spain. Bree Creed, did you just get in here? Did you not hear this? Fuck. I'm trying to hold my shit together after reading this. And no, I would, I would never want Mrs. Burke to suck my, my titty. <laughs> oh. Oh. Trying to compose myself so we can continue. Coming to us from the blaze here. So keep that in mind as I read the story, the framing. Canadian pastor... Arthur Palowski arrested for holding church service. So this is a picture of Palowski. I wonder if this is the same guy. We watched a video of him kicking cops out of his church. <laughs> <laughs> She just ate some spaghetti and started sucking on a titty. Finish, like, how do you know when you're finished sucking on a titty? 
And then she just turns around and goes back to explaining a worksheet to the children in the class. And it was, a, it was a Spanish class, too. It wasn't like, you know, a Roscovoyo or something where you can, like, get some learning out of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, try, I'm trying to keep it together. We, we, we got to talk about this pastor getting arrested, which I might also lose my shit over. <laughs> oh, fuck. Canadian pastor Arthur Pawlowski arrested for, I think I did it right, Pawlowski arrested for holding church service. This happened on Saturday. He was committing the crime of holding church service. I'm sorry, it's the blaze. That's committing the crime of holding church service, which violated Alberta's public health orders, which means the crime was violating Alberta's public health orders. So, Palolowski went viral last month for the video of him kicking Canadian police in the head. So, it was him calling him this gospel. This guy was insane. I'm so glad it's the same guy. I hope we get such good video out of this. He held church service on Saturday in Alberta where dozens were congregating without masks with no regard for physical distancing, according to the Calgary Herald. So this was the service. So there's a video from inside the church service. This is where they are ejecting police from the service. So remember, they're the ones violating the public health orders. And then finally, we have a heavily armed SWAT team. Which seems like it's being dramatic because we live in, I live in the U.S. where that is definitely not, at least from the picture we're seeing right here, a heavily armed SWAT team. Police say he's charged with inciting people to go to church. First of all, first of all, he's blocking the road. Sir, why were you in the road? I have been told over and over again by conservatives you shouldn't be in the fucking road. Not the place to protest. Hello friends, this is Pastor Art Polosky. If you're watching this video, that means... What? Oh, this is him. He's giving a voiceover on the video of him being arrested. I thought I had another video up somewhere. They have successfully arrested me and I am in 
jail. If you would like to support me... Wait, wait, wait. He had like a hostage video already recorded? He wanted this to happen. And he's getting ready to like fucking plug... Like, give me money. Give me money, isn't he? If you would like to support Rebel News and the legal team that is trying their best to get me out of this trouble, please go to safearthur.com. It is a grift. Help me, help my family, help my wife and my children to get me out of this horrible, illegal situation. Please go to savearthur.com and get me out of this if you can. Wow. So the city of Calgary issued a statement on the arrest. Earlier this morning, CPS lawfully enforced this order by proactively serving an organizer of a church service with the court order in an effort to ensure that citizens attending the Saturday service were abiding by the current COVID-19 public health orders. The order was served prior to the church service. And like, why can you not have church virtually? That just, that, that doesn't make sense to me. First, and another thing is like, that's where it's at. I have a pastor friend, and I've told him he should be a Twitch streamer. Put your shit on Twitch. I don't even... Do they have a Christian pastor on Twitch doing services? I should probably look. The order was served prior to the church service, and CPS did not enter the church during the service. The service organizer acknowledged the injunction, but chose to ignore requirements for social distancing, mask wearing, and reduce capacity limits for attendees, and continued with the event. So basically, he broke the law, and he got arrested! Speaking of dumb fuck pastors, let's check in with Pastor Greg Locke. Oh, 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 no, 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 Tones. Like, he, he's all on the Marxist bandwagon already. Like, when I, when I say I have a pastor friend, I'm saying, like, this motherfucker, like, really acts like Jesus. <laughs> like, he got kicked out of the church for being, like, too openly accepting of prostitutes and trans people and the gay community. So I think he would do very well on Twitch. Controversial pastor Greg Locke condemned President Joe Biden and called Pope Francis the biggest pedophile on the planet. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely the most Christ-like thing. Like, he spends his time helping people like prostitutes that need to go get health care and shit. Literally, like, that's... I. I promote him. I stand him. I'm I am never very accepting of religious people. But I, I he puts his money where his mouth is. A video shared with Twitter by Right Wing Watch. Locke, the leader of Global Vision Bible Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, told his congregants that he received letters from people who were angry about his disparaging rhetoric about Biden. Now I will tell you I follow Pastor Greg on Facebook and he spends his entire fucking day trolling trying to get follows and likes all day or day. That's all he does. He's constantly on 
Fox News, shit like that, trying to make sure everybody sees him attacking Biden. Like it is the worst kind of scam. I got three letters in the mail just the other day. Not a one of them had a return address. Not a one of them. And all three of them were castigating me because they said, we want you to know that Joe Biden is an honorable man. (laughs) Joe Biden is a practice. Well, they don't need to stay out of politics if they actually want to make some money. Uh-huh, that's, that's the key here. Sing Catholic. So is the Pope, but he's the biggest pedophile on the planet. Say amen right there. I bet this motherfucker has dealt some kids. So. I got three letters. I mean, I agree with him there. And I mocked the Pope with his, or whatever the fucking comments were the Catholic Church came out with. couple weeks ago when they there was an uproar about Biden being a Catholic and being pro-abortion and everything. The Catholic Church is just, it might have been some bishop and not the Pope. Fuck Catholics. Alright, are you ready for this? I've been waiting. This 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 might be the video I've been waiting on all night long. Sean Hannity and Jimmy Kimmel are back at each other. So we're, we're going to watch just a second. Hopefully I don't get a copyright claim from Kimmel for playing just a second of his show. Or a minute or two here. Caitlyn Jenner uh, two weeks ago. You know Caitlyn Jenner, right? Guillermo, you know who this is. I turned down just a little bit. So she has launched her campaign to be next governor of California. Last night, she sat down for what they called a town hall with Sean Hannity. There was no town and no hall, but there was Sean Hannity pretending to be interested in Caitlyn's take on a variety of subjects, including her inexplicable affection for Donald Trump. I think he did some things that I agreed with. Some things I didn't agree with. What I liked about Donald Trump is he was a disruptor. You know, he came in and shook the... What what he's saying is he represented her class interests and kind of stuck it to the people she don't like. System up, okay? (laughs) Uh Did you you hear the way he shot it? (laughs) It was maniacal. He shook the system so hard he lost custody of it. He's child protective services had to come in and stopping him from the shot. From- <laughs> All right. So what's funnier than Kimmel's monologue is Hannity's reaction. Far left, low-rated, late-night host Jimmy Kimmel is spewing more hatred and more rage, saying, quote, It is is a transphobic to call a trans person an ignorant a-hole in response to our interview with Caitlyn Jenner talking about the real problem of homelessness. Uh, Jimmy, what is with all the anger and all the cheap shots yet? You haven't noticed homeless people all over your state. And by the way, don't you have anything better to do? Maybe actually trying to be funny or boost your dismal ratings? Because we're absolutely crushing you by like 70% in total viewers, Jimmy. So uh, that's this quarter. Jimmy, here's my advice. Don't talk about I find that hard to believe. Since you did, let's remind people, take a trip down memory lane. Oh, wait a minute. Hannity's on a hell of a lot earlier. 
dressed as Carl Malone. And check uh, this out. This is you, an ignorant asshole, when you had a cucumber in your pants during the man show. And maybe your bosses at Disney can talk you out of your bad behavior. You talk about my show, I'll hit you back 50 times harder. Balls in your court. Laura Ingram, take it away. First of all, I would like to say to both Sean Hannity and Jimmy Kimmel, if you would like to talk about my show, please do it. Also, Sean Hannity, please have me on sometime. I would love that. I I would not Jimmy Dore an appearance on Sean Hannity, I promise you. No, that was Tucker Carlson, wasn't it? Jimmy Dore was on Tucker. But you you know you know Hannity wanted to take those shots. You, he was happy. Jimmy Kimmel talked about him. That's the way this business works. I I still find it hard to believe that Jimmy Kimmel on network TV has lower viewership than Sean Hannity on cable Fox. It's possible, though, but Sean, Han- Sean Hannity is on at prime time, 9 o'clock. It was late night. The audiences aren't comparative, but I still would bet Kimmel gets a bigger audience. Right, crazy story out of Texas. Another one. We've covered several tonight. Houston Tigers caretaker, who was out on bond for murder... Arrested after terrifying the neighborhood. It, it, Kimmel didn't say anything bad about Sean Hannity. Other than just being... But they have a long-standing feud. Uh, I think it's being a disruptor. They will they will stand any person of... They think that... The, like. The left should respect. They have a trans person that espouses their views. They're going to platform them. They have a, a Candace Owens that will espouse rape, racism for them. They'll platform her. Absolutely. A man charged with murder who was the reported t- uh, caretaker of a tiger that terrified a Houston residential neighborhood was arrested on Monday, but the tiger remains unfound. So here's some video of the tiger. Straight up, stand down right now. All these cars, just waiting because there is a freaking Bengal tiger. tiger. There's a tiger in this yard. Oh man, it's really pretty. Be careful! Holy cow! Holy cow! Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's his neighborhood. Come on. He's going to shoot it. He's going to shoot it. Oh no. No. No, do not shoot the kitty. Oh wait a minute. It's still it's still on the loose. He didn't shoot the kitty. Clearly. I mean, I can't blame him if it attacks him, but please don't shoot the kitty if you don't have to. If he had the gun, why wouldn't he fire a warning shot? Or is he afraid that it'd startle the cat and then the cat will attack? I trying to be calm and not run away too fast? 
The incident occurred around 8 p.m. on Sunday night. I would hope they did call animal control. According to footage that appeared on social media, the tiger was wearing a collar and was likely a pet. So it's a domesticated tiger, so it's probably sweet one in love and oh! It came face-to-face with an armed, off-duty Waller County Sheriff's deputy. The deputy can be seen yelling at the tiger's owner to get the cat back inside. When officers arrived, the animal's caretaker put the tiger in a white Jeep Cherokee and drove off. A short pursuit followed, but he got away when he was later apprehended. He said he did not own the tiger. His lawyer told the station that his client planned on surrendering himself at the Harris County Jail, but was arrested before he could do so. And apparently he's working with authorities to locate the owner of the tiger. So here's a, here's a photo from the scene. Like, I guess that's the, the tiger's actual owner. That's the deputy. And he's like telling him to get, get it back in the house. And the dude's got like, like he's on the kitty's back or some shit. Wow. What's this one? This Karen in the comments. Have we as a nation lost the ability to speak without using the F word? Hey, fuck you, Mercedes Kronfeld. Wonder what kind of fucking responses she got to that. If a loose tiger is walking towards you and doesn't stop when you yell at it, any word you scream is appropriate. Goddamn fucking tiger on the street, Mercedes. Come on. Hint, it's a made-up rule you're forcing yourself to live by for no reason. It's just another noise we make. Thank you. Thank you. It's just another noise we make. And we give it meaning. All right, finally tonight, as I love to do, wrapping up with a cute pet story. (laughs) Smiling rescue dog is stealing thousands of hearts online. Look how fucking cute. Looks like a pity, right? Or half pity or something. A rescue dog from California is stealing the hearts of thousands of online followers. With some calling her the world's happiest dog. Meet Shortcake. She's a pit bull that was rescued from the Fresno Bully Rescue five years ago. And hasn't stopped smiling since. Ah! <laughs> oh, Shortcake is so cute! She's winking at us. Look how chill she is. I guess if she was rescued five years ago, she she might be a little on the older side. You don't know how long it had been since she was rescued. How long she'd been in there before she was rescued, I mean. Oh, she's so cute. 
I want to boop the snoot. I want her slobber all over my face. That is absolutely adorable. Uh, if you guys want to follow the lady shortcake, I guess that's Instagram. Her Facebook page is set up by her rescue family. Describes her as the queen of belly rubs, breaker of gas, mother of naps, and eater of poo. She's also dogpiling up millions of views on TikTok and Instagram. That is wholesome content. All right, that'll do it for me. I'm going to see. I haven't. Uh, I haven't rated feminist critique in a while. Or you know what? Let's 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 go somewhere I've never been before. Let's go with uh, Shark Three O Zero. He's watching a Jordan Peterson video, and I kind of want to mock some Jordan Peterson right now. So hopefully we make a new friend here. All right, guys, go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I am Justin Freegan, and we will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live!